You've mastered the lingo, built your wallet, and got your intro bonus points. But how do you use them? Earning enough points may seem tough, but finding quality redemptions can be just as tricky. Fortunately, there are a few tools to make this easier. Welcome to the Travel More Podcast. Each episode, we share custom itineraries, travel hacks, expert advice, and even stories of our past travel failures to help you level up your travel I'm Shelly, a lover of plans, itineraries, and cheap flights. I'm an expert deal finder with one eye always on the budget. And I'm Bruce, the improviser, ready to pick up where plans fail to turn letdowns into unexpected trip favorites. We're here to bust through barriers that stop you from making your travel dreams a reality. So book that flight, buy the tickets, and say hello to your next adventure. This is the Travel More Podcast. Welcome back to the Travel More Podcast. Welcome. Today is our final summer school episode. Yep. So hopefully you've enjoyed these kind of weekly, smaller episodes, chock full of information. Yeah, ready to get back to our every other week kind of like travel story style a little bit. I think we said that last time too. Yeah. (laughs) But I think we're both a little ready to get back to that. But we have had a lot of fun doing summer school and hopefully you've gotten some tips that will help you um, kind of make travel priority, especially because, you know, we're, we are ending 2023 at this point and we're already looking forward to 2024 and doing our travel talk in January. And so hopefully a lot of the summer things you learn, then you can put into good use um, in the coming year. Definitely. And today we're wrapping up our, how many, of, is this our fourth? I'm fifth. trying to, fifth? Is this, fifth oh, this is the episode fifth? of Travel Hacking. So if you are here today, hopefully you've listened to the other four Travel Hack episodes because mm-hmm. they kind of go sequentially. Yeah. You don't want to just jump in today. Definitely go back and check those out. But today I think is the most fun because we're talking about how to earn those points that you've uh, how to, sorry, not how to earn, but how to spend the points that you've earned. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, honestly, it's half the battle. You think, okay, I finally have this like good chunk of points. And then you start looking, you're like, what? I can't do anything with these. How do people go on these like crazy flights? Like one business class flight is 125,000 points. Like I just took me a year to get 125,000 points. How do I keep doing this like everyone? So we're going to look at how that actually happens and how people find kind of these sweet spots and things like that. Right. So some of the things that you're going to see on Instagram are there's certain situations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not something you can necessarily do every day, but they're at face value. If you just start looking, you're going to say, oh, my God, that's like my entire entry bonus for that. But mm-hmm. there are some ways to get some de- better deals. Yeah. I mean, we make enough points at this point for the last two years. We've made enough points easily to take one business class trip like to Europe or Asia for both of us, round trip, and to stay probably a week in hotels. A week in total, yeah, yeah. across all, yeah, all the redemptions we've done. Yeah, because so we we spread ours out. We did that. We we'll talk about a business class flight that we did this summer and how we f- found it. But typically, we want to take a lot of cheaper flights as opposed to one expensive flight. But if you're only traveling once a year, you could do it in style by oh, doing yeah. these things. That's a great way, man. And once you go there, you're not going to want to go back, especially yeah. if you're doing a long flight. Oh, it was nice. <laughs> so, well, so, yeah, we don't do it like that. But it is, I would say, completely plausible for two people to play to player one and player two the same way Bruce and I do and fly business class internationally once a year yeah and it's it's just to remember it is so doable yeah because we didn't spend any money that we wouldn't normally have already spent yeah we're just getting rewards for spending it exactly 
All right, so why don't we break down kind of like the basics of redemptions? Yep. Um, starting with the easiest. That sounds good. And what we listed first was essentially the Capital One Eraser. Which is how we started in our very our baby version of travel hacking. And honestly, I've talked about this a lot. I've also talked about this on other podcasts. I love the Capital One Eraser. It is so easy. Um, and it is a great way to, to get started in travel hacking and to see what you can get. Like it To me, it like sparks the flame of like, wait a minute, like I can travel for free. Like this is a real thing. Right. Like, I'm getting on the plane right now. It's free. <laughs> so I think it's a good way to start. But why wouldn't you do it all the time? Well, it is just one to one. So the Capital One point is uh, point zero is one cent per point right. is what it is. One cent per point. So 10,000 points is $100. And how that works is you literally just book anything that codes as travel. So that's going to be, you know, hotels and airlines for sure, rental cars, those types of things. Taxis sometimes. I sometimes. Think, yeah. um, but anything that codes as travel in the credit card world can then be erased if you just go to your awards near Capital One at one cent per point. So if you have, like I just said, like, a $200 a night hotel room, you need 20,000 points to erase it completely. And it just comes off your bill. So that's very easy. And if you get that one sign-on bonus for Capital One, it's like 75,000 points usually or 70,000. That's $700 right there. Yeah. That's easily a round trip to Europe from JFK. And it's so user-friendly in the yes. app. Every time I've used the app or needed to call customer service for Capital One, it's been like instant support. Super yeah. simple. Yeah. So, so great, that's the easiest way. probably. And it's nice because you yourself can kind of um, search around. You're not beholden to any alliances or, you know, only, you know, Capital One only pairs with these people. It's none of that. You get to book on your own with deals that you find and then you can erase. So this is where I would pair Scotch cheap flights. And I still do this sometimes, even though it's technically not the best redemption at one cent per point. I still will do that because if I find a $300 flight to Portugal... That's only 30,000 points. Like, I'm really not going to find that in points anywhere else. So sometimes putting those together, a really, really good flight deal and the Capital One Eraser is a great use of points. It's just not the best technically percent redemption rate. Right. If that makes sense. So the next, uh, I guess, step up, we could say, for redemption rate is going to be... Yeah, for redemption rate. Yeah, for redemption rate. would be buying travel through credit card portals. Honestly... I just would never do this. Yeah, I don't think we really do at all. The only time I do this is we have, speaking of Capital One, we have the Capital One Venture X, which gives us $300 credit through the travel portal. So you have to book it through the travel portal. That's a very specific benefit. Right. And, and so it's a nice benefit. It is nice. And it, I mean, it zeroes out the cost of the car, essentially. So we, I do that, you know, but I don't book flights with that because... Right. I really, really caution to buy flights third party ever, like Expedia, Orbitz, whatever, because you really have very little control if something goes wrong. And there's been so much that's gone wrong oh in gosh. like the travel sphere, like in terms of cancellations, weather. I mean, it's just been crazy. I know so, this just happened to somebody we know. Yeah. Where they they messed up how you know the, the way they booked their flight and they tried to call and then it becomes this game of like we're not responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone kind of says, well, it was done through this portal or this app, and we don't and have any portal, control. Yeah, and then the portal and app will say, well, it's already in you it's know done. American Airlines hands, so I can't do anything. Everybody says, talk to mom, talk to dad. Uh huh. It's like a blame <laughs> like, game. So I really caution. I I would always buy plane tickets directly but hotels are a little easier because you can call to confirm the hotel reservation there's not much there's not as much i guess that can go wrong with the hotel reservation because 
it's just the hotel's there. <laughs> so yeah, it's and they not usually the have more friendly cancellation policies. Yes, it's not as much of a you know big deal. Yes, so we'll book through the portal with hotels, but really. I would suggest not using the portals, but if you want to, the portals uh, give you like one, not one cent per point, but one twenty-five per point. So you do get like a twenty-five percent increase. This is a lot of people what they're familiar with in terms of like using points is booking the portal with points, but it's only going to give you barely more than Capital One Eraser with zero ability to like control the reservation on your own. Right. So if you're going to do the booking through the portal, I'd say you just go for it and do the most complicated but best redemption rate, which is... Transferring to loyalty (laughs) programs. Yeah, that is the best, but also the most complicated of all the ways to um, kind of game the system. So... This is where those flexible currencies really come into play. But first, let's talk about fixed currencies because they're easier. So hotels and airline cards, you know, like a Hyatt card or Marriott card or a Delta card, whatever. Those are fixed currencies. So with this transferring points, you're literally just using the points to book with points in your loyalty like program. Right, but they're stuck in that. So right. we, we have a Marriott Bonvoy card, yep. it's a Chase Bank card, yep. and the points that I get from that we use just for Marriott. And we book with points like under our loyalty, you know, we sign in to our membership thing and they're already there because they're part of the credit card and, you know, they're pretty easy to see. Like, okay, that makes sense. I've, ma- I've earned Marriott points using my Marriott card. That's very simple. <laughs> um, but the real uh, benefit, I guess, and also complication <laughs> comes with transferring to other loyalty programs through flexible currency cards. So these are like Chase, Amex, City, and Capital One. Yeah, those are all the um, economies or what do we call it? Or ecosystems. Ecosystems. There we go. Yeah, yeah. those are the main four ecosystems we talked about when we talked about like our main player cards and everything. Yeah. And this is where you get the Instagram, TikTok, like <laughs> business class flights where people say they have these crazy deals. Yes. This is how they do it. Yeah. And, you know, the reason why is because... When you earn the points that are flexible, so let's say Chase, that's probably the best one, yeah. right? You can get the most cards, the most bonuses. Mm-hmm. Those points also transfer to the most partners. Yep. So you get the points, and then you can find the best deal out there and flexibly take that currency and use it for it. You can transfer from your Chase card to the loyalty program. So like we just said Marriott lives in Marriott. Chase points can live in lots of different places. Um, so, for example, Chase is a Singapore Air uh, partner. And so if you transfer 100,000 points from Chase, you can transfer them to Singapore Air. And it looks like you've earned 100,000 Singapore Airline points. You know, like, you know how many flights it would take you to earn 100,000 Singapore Air points? Right. It's a like lot. So <laughs> because Right. And because of that, Singapore Air looks at 100,000 points and says, like, wow, you're a loyal customer. So this is how much it would cost to book like a flight, you know, and so instead of it costing $600 one way, it may only cost 30,000 points. So if you're using the Capital One methodology, that's only $300. Right. If that makes sense. So you're going to use less of your points. And just remember that methodology we're talking about is that one cent per point. Yeah. So 30,000 points is $300. Right. Which is always kind of how I look at points, just because it's such an easy metric. Just move the decimal two places to the left. It just allows me to see, like, is this actually a good points deal? So if I have a flight that costs $400, but it's 45,000 points, that's not a good flight deal. Because then I could just get it with Capital One and pay 40,000 points. Exactly. So that's always how I look at it. There are much more complicated ways. But I'm not trying to be super complicated with it. I want, you know, I'm earning points for free. 
So if I use them and it's not the best redemption, it's not the best redemption. Like it's not that big a deal. You know, it allows me to travel for free and that's all I really care about. But I do want to make sure that my points are going as far as I can with as much effort as I want to put into it. That's that's a good way to put it. Like we're kind of at the third, if it, this is the third uh, way to redeem the points we talked about, and it probably is the most effortful. Yeah. But once you practice it and do it a little bit more, it becomes easier. Yeah. I know when Shelly and I first were looking at transferring, it was a headache. Yeah. And there were a couple of things that we're going to caution you about. So number one, there are almost always one-way transfers. Yeah, I, don't I think know, they I are don't always think, yeah, one way. I don't believe there's anything out there that lets you transfer back. Yeah, so, so like using that Chase example again, you transfer 100000 to Chris Air or Chris Flyer, you better have like the, the flights already picked because you can't transfer them back to Chase. Yeah, be extra careful when you're booking because Shelly and I did this with, I think, JetBlue. Yeah. And we thought the cost for coming back was one thing and then we made an error. But it's okay because we know we're going to fly JetBlue so we kind of have some points laying around that we yeah, transferred. we actually already used them. Oh, you see, we already used <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, it was fast. Um, but also just know that, you know, you're going to need a loyalty account. So that's not hard. You just need to have, it's, it just becomes a thing where you have multiple accounts. Oh, beyond multiple Mul- accounts. Beyond, like for like, all of For these, every so airline. Air Canada, but- JetBlue blue etc yeah but again i mean it doesn't cost anything it's no. just annoying to you know you have to sign up so it's like you have a southwest account a jet blue account and a the it's all the Air like Canada frequent and... flyer loyalty accounts so right. you're gonna have a ton of those which yep. can be a little bit annoying but it's not terrible especially if you have like password managers and stuff on your computer yeah um and then also the transfer every time we've done it it pretty much has been instant but mm-hmm. it always says it could take se- several days yeah and it sometimes does i yes. mean i've seen a lot of people get real nervous transfer you know they see the flight they know they want it they have enough points and so they go to transfer and it takes two or three days and if that flight gets sold the flight gets sold so i would always suggest trying to have at least two options that way if one flight gets sold you do have the other option um like within that same loyalty program uh if you can right and again if it doesn't work out then you have you know, points stuck in that currency, which hopefully is a good one for you. So yeah, again, this is the best but more complicated way to get the biggest bang for your buck for your points. And we're talking about redemption rate. So whereas Capital One is one to one, you can get up to uh, what's the most you've seen? Oh Shelley? man, like nine uh, times the points, maybe. Yeah, it's probably the like highest. Like nine cents per point. Yeah, nine cents per point. Um, maybe ten. And one of the things. The tricks to doing this, you get used. Well, there's it, not it, any tricks. <laughs> it just takes some work. You usually start yeah. like we start looking at certain routes. You know, if we know where's a flight, and we start. You can Google literally like what's the best um, point route, whatever. Who has the best route from JFK to Cairo, which yeah. is one I just did. Yeah, so it, it'll give you a few. Like you know, it'll say Air Egypt will be a good one, right? But like, what if you don't have points that transfer to Air Egypt? Are you just out of luck? No, you're not, because also within this whole ecosystem is um, airline alliances. So you don't really need to be like really great. Like you don't need to like pop quiz your partner and being like, who's an alliance partner for for JetBlue? Like that's not really what it's about. But just know that sometimes you get sold tickets like from American and then they are um, operated by a different airline. Right. And it will tell you that when you buy it. Like I bought tickets like that before I knew anything about this and it was a little confusing because I was like, wait, I bought these on American and now I'm on Iberia or something. Yeah, why aren't we flying American? Yeah, so uh, that does get like a little confusing but the reason I'm telling you this is because you should look them up. So for example, Egypt Air, like if I'm like, I can't get on Egypt Air with my points but I look up Egypt Air Alliances, you'll get a whole list of 
um, people that operate Egypt Air, Egypt Air um, flights. And then you can be like, oh, wait, I do have this one. You know what I mean? And so then you can go in and look for flights in that currency. Yes. Hopefully that makes sense. Well, and the nice thing about that's how we found, um, I guess the di- this is where you find the same flight priced mm-hmm. differently depending on who you're buying the ticket for. Let's give a great example because this is exactly what happened this summer um, when we bought our business class flight. Yes. So we wanted to fly back from Europe in business class. We were our, we were going to be in Europe, in Copenhagen to be exact. It is very expensive um, from Copenhagen just because it's kind of a smaller airport. But I know that Frankfurt is generally a really big hub in Europe. Huge hub. Huge. So I was like, let me look at Frankfurt to JFK because I bet I'll find better deals. And I did. So that is also another tip is like you can just look up major hubs in wherever you're going to see if it makes sense to do what's called a positioning flight. So that's what we did was we flew from Copenhagen to Frankfurt and then Frankfurt to JFK gave us a lot more point deals. Um, and the flight from Frankfurt to or Copenhagen to Frankfurt was 6,000 points per person. Like, it was like yeah, nothing. It was, and it was like 45 minutes. So yeah, it was it, very quick. It was nothing. Yeah. So, but you do want to keep that in mind too, because if it costs you 30,000 points to fly to Frankfurt, then it's probably null and void. Yeah. It's all relative to that. And also if you're only there for like four days or something, you know, maybe yeah, do you don't want to do that. you want to spend the extra day traveling? We had the time, so it made sense. Yeah. So anyways, we're in Frankfurt trying to find this flight. Um, and I found a flight in airplane points so that's air canada's program um and it was sixty thousand points a flight from from frankfurt to jfk on singapore air so that means it was singapore air operated but air canada was selling it so hopefully you're you know following along with me here right so then I was like, well, I wonder how much it costs direct with Singapore Air, since they're the ones literally flying the plane. <laughs> and I went to Singapore Air's uh, website, and theirs was 81,000 points per person. So between the two of us, that's 40,000 extra points. That's a round trip, easily a round trip flight domestically for us. Oh, yeah. So that's I, that's a big difference. Like, that's not, it sounds like not that much difference, but actually there's two of us. So that's a pretty significant chunk of points. Um, so sometimes it's better to book with partners. And that could be for a myriad of reasons. Some partners don't charge as many like taxes and fees. Um, that's a big one. So Air Canada only charged us, I think, 150 Yeah, that's huge, especially certain airports we found out with Heathrow, I think. Yeah, it charges crazy So fees yeah, you'll get like a, a really great point deal, and then all of a sudden you're, you're being charged $1,000 for <laughs> yeah, fuel surcharges Yes, yeah, fuel surcharges is the biggest one. Yep, so you got to be careful. Yeah, so... You know, you don't want to just look at points. Look at fuel uh, surcharges and things like that as well, because that can also tip the scales. Um, but that's just an example of why it can be better to look at not only the direct airline, but also the, the alliance ones. Yeah. So, you know, I think it seems a bit overwhelming. Yeah, it but, can. But, you know, don't worry. There's, you know, you can start small. Yeah. Right? Like, I think if definitely you're taking this journey with us for the first time starting with that capital one card doing like um point eraser is a great way to start Mm -hmm. and then you kind of build up to looking at these things if you have some extra time you're just like chilling on the couch one night make your loyalty accounts and just start looking like literally just go from the airport close to you to places you've always wanted to go and just to see what point things come up because the more you do that also the better you're kind of like training your brain to look at um, point deals and to see if they're good. You know what I mean? Like right. you can kind of see like, oh, 70,000 points. Is that good or bad? Well, if you've looked at it 
a million times and you've seen all the way from 30 to 100,000, right. you do have a good range. It's, it's the same way we talked about using Google Flights in general. Right. It's just kind of getting used to knowing times a year and how much it should cost, like market value. Right. And then, you know what? If you have no time, no shame in that either. There are tons of tools that will do this for you. Like they'll look at different routes for you and tell you what's a good price. Um, one that everybody uses is called Point Me. So it's literally point.me. Um, I think it's like $5 a day. You can do a yearly, like $12 a, a month for a year, or you can buy it for a year, like for a set price, um, $260. Um, and they have a great concierge service that will book it for you if you don't even want to worry about it at all, or you can just use it as a search tool. So if you're really just like, I don't know what this means, buy Point Me for $5 a day and see what it's all about. And then you can decide later if you want to try to do it on your own or if you're like, yep, I'm just going to use Point yeah. Me for all of it, which honestly <laughs> is still going to get you a ton of value oh, yeah. um, from even erasing the points. So, you know, just figure out what works best for you. And honestly, people will talk all day long about redemption rates and like, oh, that's a good redemption or a bad redemption. But I'm kind of in the mindset of like, if you're traveling for free, it's a good redemption. Definitely. I you think, know? Yeah. If, if I wouldn't get too caught up in it. I agree. Because, uh, again, when you're staying at, like, a five-star resort and you have paid literally nothing, like, who cares how many right. points, you know, cent per point you got. Um, unless you're really trying to make yours go far. And then I would kind of use that one use cent the, per yeah, point idea. Yeah, think idea. about that. And use these tools to really look for the best deal. Yeah. So, that is a doozy. That, that wraps it up. I mean... If you made it this far, man, you've got a bachelor's degree in travel hacking yeah. from the Travel More Institute of yeah. Learning. We'll send you certificates in the mail. No, no I'm just kidding. But, but you know, it's it's ho- it, it can be complicated as a hobby to do travel hacking. But man, it's worth it. I yeah. know, I know, Shelly and I. It's only been a year and change that we've been kind of messing around with this. Yeah, and I really didn't believe it at first. To be honest, I was like, yeah. wow, I don't know how people do this. I mean, now neither. it feels like a normal routine of our planning. Yeah. Um. So a I, year. So let's yeah. let's step back for that just for one second. Like you said, we've been doing this not even a year and a half, a year and some change. And what have we done? I looked at this the other day. We've done a business class flight, which we had never done, and those tickets normally cost over three thousand oh, dollars a easy. person. Easy, five grand, six grand. Yeah, easy. It depends on when you looked. I looked, and when I bought them, the day I bought them, they were thirty-five hundred dollars. But yeah, then, we would never buy that. No, yeah. we would never buy. That's seven thousand dollars for the two of us. Yeah. And it said it was free, or was well, okay, it's one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> Almost free. Yeah, one hundred fifty. One hundred fifty dollars a person. Yeah. So that's wild. But we've also. I think we've had 10 flights that we've booked. And when people say 10 flights, they are almost always, not even almost always, they are always talking about um, one ways. So if you hear someone say 10 flights, don't think 10 round trip flights because that's never how people talk in the travel hacking world. Yeah, they always talk about one way. So we've had about 10 one way flights. Um, We've had 11 nights in hotels um, all covered. And right now we're sitting on... Three hundred thousand points. Oh, at least because we least. keep we continue to look at credit cards that we want to open up and pay mm-hmm. attention to those timelines that we like we talked about when you're building your wallet. Yeah, it's so possible and doable. You just gotta keep track of it. And if you're looking at us going, oh, and by the way, we work on teacher salary, so we don't have crazy high monthly spend. Like I remember listening to these kinds of things, and I was like, how much do these people spend a month? Right. That they're getting this many credit card points. We are not spending that much a month. Like we're a totally normal kind of household. We're just two people. But what on we teacher do salaries. spend. If any, it, what we do spend, if it can be done on our credit card, it's done on those cards. to get And those in specific ways, yes. which I don't want to go too far into because we did this last time. So if you're looking at it or you're hearing this thinking, what? 
do go back to the last travel hacking, which is how to earn points for travel. And we kind of go over like how people amass these points and what some tricks you can do and things like that. So if you're thinking, how do I get these points? Go back a little bit and check that out. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, I'm hoping that if one person listens to this and then they get to go on their bucket list trip on points and miles that they never thought they could do, even using partial points and miles would be awesome. Like, what if you could just cut it in half even? Like, you know, like you couldn't spend, you couldn't spend zero dollars to go to the Maldives, but you could spend half? Like, how much would that change how you travel? Yeah, and your lifestyle and everything. Yeah. Like, I just want people to think that you can do this. Because you, know, you can. It's totally possible. It so. is totally possible. And so, let us know if you do. Oh, please. We yeah. would love to hear yeah, some love success the feedback. stories. If you have any feedback on the summer school series or things that you liked, let us know. Check out our Facebook group. Yeah, we <laughs> always would link that in the show notes. You can also just email at contact at travelmorepodcast.com. Love to hear from you there, too. Um, we would just love to hear how people are using this, any tricks they found. You know, again, we're pretty new in this, not even a year and a half in, so we're also kind of just learning it. Um, but this is what we've learned has worked for us so far. So if you have better ideas, let us know. Yeah, let us know. But thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll see you not next week. Remember, we're take, you know, we do every other we'll week now. We'll take our break. So we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll see you then. Did you know that every time you book a Disney or Universal vacation, you're paying for a service that you may not even be using? Really? That's right. Travel agent costs are added to your Disney or Universal vacation, whether you use one or not. So you're telling me that I'm paying for something even though I'm not getting the help? You got it. So next time you want to book a theme park vacation, make your money work for you. By booking with Magic Pass Travel, you'll get our expertise and years of experience without paying any extra and while supporting a small business. Check out our show notes to find our contact information. Can't wait to help you plan your next adventure.